0: Hey, hey, any youth leaders out there? Serving with youth in the church is probably one of the most enjoyable callings, but it brings with it a lot of responsibility. How do we effectively lead this rising generation? Well, I have good news for you. Leading Saints has organized the Young Saints Virtual Library, where we have 20 plus hours of presentations all about how to lead youth. We cover topics like how to help youth transition into adulthood, how to help them avoid loneliness, how to handle smartphones in class, and we even go over scientific data about how Latter-day Saint youth differ from other youth. If you'd like to review the Young Saints Library at no cost for 14 days, simply go to leadingsaints.org/14. That's leadingsaints.org/14. While you're at it, we'll give you access to all of our virtual libraries that cover several leadership-related topics. So click the link in the show notes or simply visit leadingsaints.org slash one four. The following episode is a throwback episode, one that was published previously and was extremely popular. To see the details of when this was originally published, see the show notes. Enjoy this throwback episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Leading Saints podcast. My name is Kurt Frankham, and I, as always, will be your host. If you're new to Leading Saints, this is a podcast where we talk all things leadership in order to help Latter-day Saints be better prepared to lead. And we encourage you to visit LeadingSaints.org, and there's uh, good stuff. Jump in and have fun. Now, in this episode, I talk with Kim Partridge, who is from Phoenix, Arizona, and we uh, arranged a time when she would be in town here in, in Salt Lake to record. And so she came to my home office here. We hit the record button and started talking. And Kim has some phenomenal perspective on young women. And this is a topic that we need to do more podcast episodes on. So if you know anybody who could really speak to leading in the young women organization, especially with the new changes and approaches that uh, we have before us in this coming year, I would love to talk with them. But And, and Kim is a great example of this. We talk about relationships and as far as relationships go for young women. Because for young women, if you haven't noticed, I mean, I'm as farthest away as from an expert of this as you can believe, but relationships for young women is quite crucial. I mean, really for all youth, but especially young women, always concerned about the relationships around them, positive ones and negative ones, and they can take them either way. So relationships are crucial, and we dive into that. She gives some best practices, principles that you can consider to stimulate Positive relationships in the young women's organizations that you lead, but uh, if you're not a young woman leader, if you're young, a young men leader, whatever it is, elders' corn president, relief study president, this would still be worth listening to because these principles are still applicable in those organizations as well. So here is my interview with Kim Partridge. Today, I have the opportunity in our uh, home studio here to talk with uh, Kim Partridge. How are you, Kim?
1: I am fabulous. How are you?
0: Good. Now, it's a Good. cold winter day here in Utah. <laughs> it is. And uh, you're... Far from home, which is Phoenix Yes, and you're cold.
1: I am very cold. I am, I am very cold. I am now just starting to warm up here in the studio, but for two days I've been shivering nonstop. So yeah, so I'm glad to be here.
0: So are, are you originally from here? I think
1: I am originally from Salt Lake. So I was born and raised in West Valley. And my husband's from California. Uh, we met here at a student ward at University of Utah after Great. I they had- work? Yes, yes. And it worked. Yes. yes. <laughs> in a roundabout way, it it happened to work out for us. But yeah, so we've been in Phoenix for almost 20 years. Wow. So yeah, we're very acclimated to the heat. Wow. Yeah. Did,
0: did you know I'm from West Valley? I did so. not
1: know that you were from yeah. West Valley. Where'd
0: you go to high school? Granger. I'm a Lancer as well. Are you Yeah, serious? look right here. Granger Lancer, that do- mug right
1: there. Oh my goodness. Look you at this are. Here.
0: Wow. <laughs> We're
1: connected. So and
0: yeah. our, our past reunite here yes, as a, yes, as a dear, dear, Granger dear, yes. High reunion. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and uh, so give us some of your background. What, what, what defines your life right
1: what now? What defines my life right yeah. now? That's it. Well, I like to say... I am a nurse, wife, mother of four tall children, and a life coach for teenage young girls. Wow. Yeah. So, and I say that I am the mother of four tall children because they're all taller than me and I'm not short. Yeah. They are. My oldest is six, seven, son, daughter, six, three. My younger daughter's five ten, and then my son will be taller than me.
0: That's great. Yeah. And, and do you have a, a handful of them at home still, or
1: I have a couple of them at home. Okay. Yeah. yeah,
0: high school years. Then or?
1: yeah, we're in the high school years, wow. high school and almost middle school. So so yeah. you
0: speak from experience when you, not only do you do you coach and, and talk with the uh, young women, but you also yes. uh, you yes. live it, right? Yeah,
1: <laughs> I I absolutely do, and it's why I became a life coach is because I saw that my oldest daughter needed someone that could help her mm-hmm. and I reached out to my coach and she said well why not you and mm-hmm. I thought why me like that's that's crazy my life I, i'm busy enough i've got my things going on and i don't know why i need to do that and i remember specifically one night i was i was thinking about it and all of a sudden i got the impression that there were there were hundreds of girls that were out there that were seeking me and that it was up to me to reach them, to find them. And it was, it was such an impactful moment that I remember I stood up and I thought, I have to write this down. I have to remember this. And I'm so glad that I did write it down because Mm -hmm. it helps me when the times get hard for me, where I'm thinking, why am I doing this again? I think, oh yeah, because there are those girls out there that need me and I need to find them. I need to figure out the way to help them. So- So yeah, so I speak from experience. Cool. Yeah. And you're also serving in the stake young women's presidency, right? So right right now I am the second counselor in the stake young women's presidency. I've been there for a few months. And before that, I was the a young women's president of our ward. Oh, great. For three years. And that was that was wonderful. That was an amazingly awesome, interesting, rewarding, challenging experience yeah, as oh. it should be. Right? Yeah. Oh yeah. And I learned so much. I, my, my capacity to my spiritual capacity certainly grew like by leaps and bounds, my capacity to love. I, I would always tell them, I said, I don't know how you guys are making my heart stretch, but you are like, I can just feel my heart getting bigger. And there's a spot for each one of you and how that happens. I don't know. It's just happening. I just love each one of you. So yeah. Yeah. That was a that was such a rewarding experience. I was so grateful for all the young women that I've had. That's cool. So in
0: your um your coaching and uh, sort of the focus and research you do is a lot of it, it deals with relationships, right? Correct. And yes. I wanna maybe start there and, and then venture into sort of the new youth program coming up because yeah. I think a lot of leaders are sort of their heads are spinning a little bit yeah. with all the information coming at them. They're they're wondering, "Okay, we we get the idea and it makes sense on paper, but will this actually work?" Right? right? right. So let's start with the relationships. What what should we understand about relationships when it comes to young women?
1: Young women love their relationships. I mean, you you and you know this is true because most girls have their friends living in their phones. Uh-huh. So and the best way to get a girl mad is to take her phone away mm-hmm. because there went all of her relationships or all, all of her perceived relationships. Yeah. And you have a daughter that's five. Seven. Seven. Yes. She's okay. a sh-
0: short seven year old. So okay. <laughs> so
1: you have a daughter that's seven. Yeah.
0: So it's upon me in the next it few years. It
1: is upon you in the next <laughs> few years where you'll see the biggest drama that will come in her life is when something happens with one of her friends. Mm. One of her friends says something. One of her friends stops talking to her one of her friends starts becoming friends with somebody else and how much that hurts her inside when there's somebody there's some kind of threat to their relationship. And that's what it's what bullying is. Mm. Bullying is relational aggression. Mm. It's when someone is using the relationship that they have with something in an aggressive way in order to try and hurt somebody. So the relationships that girls have are so vital, which is and they, they love their relationships so much. I talk to them. It's the number one thing that I talk to girls about is their friendships and the relationships with, that they have, is they want to improve them. They want to get better at them. And unfortunately, current society doesn't really help that. The way that girls are trying to communicate what they have available to them, they have texting available to them. They uh-huh. have all sorts of social media that's available to them. That's not really conducive to healthy relationships for them, but that's what they have. Right. So, I teach them how to have healthy relationships, how to resolve conflicts, which is something that they need to learn how to do, how to be able to resolve a conflict and maintain the relationship, which is what they ultimately want in the end. They want to have that relationship still. So, Just building these relationships are just so critical to them. And then you see it, you know, play out in church dynamics or in ward dynamics, things like that. If kids are not getting along, if girls are not getting along, or if there's a girl that's maybe a little bit different from the majority of the girls, Hmm. how that can be, that can be tricky for her because she wants to belong. Everyone wants that, wants to belong. So if she sees any kind of difference or perceived difference in her, that makes it a little bit challenging for her to come to church or to come to activities. So it's tricky on both sides, though. It's tricky for the girls that want to, that see that they need to invite someone. And it's tricky for the one that wants to be invited.
0: Yeah. And with relationships, I, I would I would guess I mean, just like I think everybody, uh, not just young women, have this dynamic with relationships is it reflects on your back on your own identity, mm-hmm. right? you're yeah. you're defining yourself by your relationships and with with young women and, and even women as they they grow and develop, that's just that's magnified, right,
1: right? oh, yeah. yeah, absolutely. it absolutely is where they're thinking, okay, i don't have I don't have friends in that this ward. There must be something wrong with me, or I'm not well received by people in my class. No one's inviting me to things. Nobody wants me to be here. And then they take that back and they think, well, there's, I must be broken or I must not be good enough to be a part of this group. And I, I tell girls, a relationship really is the thoughts that you're thinking about the other person. Hmm. Like I can, th- I, you could think, something about another person, like I really enjoy being with that person, you're going to be having an enjoyable time with them. But if you think that person doesn't like me, or they, they, they think I'm weird or something like that, then you're not going to ha- be able to develop a relationship. So it's important that they think about how they are thinking about others in those relationships that they want to have. Yeah. And so uh,
0: speaking to like youth leaders or uh, whatever we're calling them now, but like, you know, young <laughs> women, <laughs> presidency leaders, and advisors and so forth, because the whole relationship dynamic in a, in a group of girls, you know, in whatever age group or whatever group you've put them in, in your own respective wards. Yeah. I mean, what should we know to, uh, is that something we should, obviously you can't manage it or, or micromanage it in, in no, a degree, no. but what, how do you even approach it and stimulate healthy relationships? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you can't, and you shouldn't try and micromanage those relationships because I find that that's more damaging mm. when you do try and micromanage those relationships. And, and what, what
0: would that look like? I mean, Oh,
1: I have an example okay. for <laughs> how a, a relationship can be micromanaged that did that in the end it turned out it turned out fine, but in the process it was it was a real struggle. So when I became the young women's president of our ward, we had a heavy population of beehives, as they were called back then. Right, right now, twelve and
0: thirteen year old girls. In right? a few
1: <laughs> weeks, I couldn't call them that, but, <laughs> right, but back then they were still the beehives. We were very beehive heavy, if you will had one my mate who happened to be my daughter and then a couple of laurels. The two laurels had a relationship that was it became it was very close at times and then it became a little bit fractured during girls camp. Girls camp is another you you turn the drama up at girls camp. Oh goodness you turned the drama up at girls camp. (laughs) (laughs) So it turned into a little bit of a sour relationship. And so one of the young ladies didn't come to church anymore. She wouldn't come to any of the activities anymore. And I would invite her to all of the activities. I would still reach out to her. I would still invite her. I would tell the other young lady, "You need to apologize to this girl. You need to apologize to this girl." And she she would say that she had, and would say, "Well, something is still off in this relationship," and try to really try to do whatever I could to try and get them to be friends. Well, it turns out that the, the young lady, the, the one that had stopped coming to church, she came to our girls camp again the following year. And she, she had a great time. She was such a, she's such a helpful young lady. They both graduated from high school. And after the young lady that stopped coming to church, after she turned 18, I was going to Young Women's on Sunday. And I came around the corner and I saw her mom sitting there, arms crossed, cross her chest, arms folded, looking at me like, like I was the devil, like I was in for it. And she was a mama bear and she was about to attack. And I said to my counselor that was with me, I'm like, okay, just give me a minute. I I, I need to talk with her. So I sat down and I talked with her and she laid into me about how the Young Women's Presidency had how they had wronged her daughter, how we had not reached out to her enough, how we hadn't done enough for her daughter and and how she wasn't coming to church anymore because of us and we really should have done something. We should have stopped the other girl from doing what she did or or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And at first I wanted to defend myself. I wanted to tell her, I've this is what I've done to try to bring your daughter to activities and those kinds of things. And I thought, no, she needs to tell her story. She just needs to say what she needs to say. And she kept telling me all the things that we had done wrong. And in my mind's eye, I had a picture of her daughter at girls camp and I could see her bearing her testimony. And she started talking about a little seed and how she needed to be the one that nurtured that little seed, which was her testimony. And it was up to her to be responsible for nurturing that little seed. So I looked at her mom and I said, has your daughter ever talked to you about the little seed that she has with her testimony that she talked about at girls camp? And her mom took her back for a second. Like, what are you talking about? I said, you need to ask her about that little seed and how she's taking care of it. So she left. And the next day she sent me a very very nice. Thank you. Note. And I thought I was so glad that I was able to listen to that, but trying to micromanage the relationships with our girls, it just causes more drama than yeah. it needs.
0: Cause I would imagine like, it's easy to identify one or two youth, especially young women who maybe are on the fringes of, yeah. of the group, or maybe they don't come as often. So as the leader, you think, all right, let's rally the troops mm-hmm. and say, let's bake some cookies. Let's go over and visit. And, and you're sort of prodding them along and they sort of go along with it. Right. Yeah. But that would, I mean, you sort of have to let these things unfold organically. right? You
1: do. You absolutely do. And girls on the receiving end know if they're the charity case, they know mm. if there's someone that's inviting them to something because their mom told them to, or someone said, you have to go, you have to go see this person or do something. they, they know when yeah. it's genuine and when it's not genuine and the wall just gets higher right? oh like, <laughs> yes and it thicker just and, <laughs> yes it gets higher and it gets thicker and it's just it it gets harder there's another young woman that um that w- that's in our ward right now that her grandma contacted us when i was first called as a young women's president she contacted the bishop and said my granddaughter needs to be in the young women's so it was my first activity uh, my first combined activity with the young men and young women. It was a pool party that we, we always have pool parties in yeah, Phoenix. Cause everybody has it, a pool, right? It's everybody has a pool. It's standard. The kids still love it. It's a pizza and a pool party. The kids still love having a pizza and a pool party. They're not sick of them yet. <laughs> so we had this pizza and pool party. It was young men and young women. I knew that this young lady was going to be coming. So... Someone said, "Oh, she's here. Her dad's here with her." So I went out to the door to to greet her, and I see her. She is this freshly she's a fresh beehive. She's just barely turned 12. She's just looking as clean as a whistle. And I see her dad. And her dad has the gauges in his ears. He's got tattoos up and down his arms. He might even have a neck tattoo. I don't remember because I don't see him as that guy. Now I see him as my friend because he eventually helped out all of our young women in one of their young women's and excellence projects and learning some car mechanics. But I see her and I think I need to rescue her. I need to help her right now. Like, and I, I remember, I think I might've even physically like grabbed her like and brought her in uh-huh. to the house and, you know, was pleasant to her dad. I said, oh, you know, glad you're here. You know, glad that she's here with us. We'll be, you know, we'll make sure that she's welcome and all of that. And she came into the pool party. I said, there's some people there, you know, go and make yourself comfortable. And the next day I got a scathing text from the grandma saying that nobody had had welcomed her granddaughter into the party and how terribly it had gone. And I felt, I felt responsible because I was a new young woman's president. I was wanting to be accepted into our ward as well, because our ward boundaries had just been realigned. We had just gone, we'd been part of the little group that had been added to this well-established ward. And so I wanted to be accepted. I didn't want to do anything wrong on my first watch here. So I said, well, whatever we can do to rectify the situation, does she want to come to church? Well, yes, she wants to come to church, but neither one of her parents would like to come to church. So her mom will drop her office at the church. I said, no, we're going to go pick her up and we're going to have her come and sit with us because you don't want to be that 12 year old that's sitting alone in a pew or looking. Do I know these people? Do I remember these people? I'm going to go sit down with them. I said, no, she's going to come we'll go get her. She can come and sit with us. And she did this for three years. She came and she sat with us and she, and I would tell her, I said, you are the most well-behaved out of all my children. I said, the rest of these, these people, they act like hooligans, like it's their first time here. You know, they're old enough. They shouldn't be poking each other and, you know, doing all sorts of,
0: yeah, craziness sure. in the
1: pew, you know. You you've got a good excuse. Oh, Your children are still young yeah. enough that, you know, <laughs> it's allowed. So, and I, I would tell her, I I would say, I'm so glad that you're here. Well, she was welcomed by not the young women of the ward, but by the young men. She's grown close to the young men mm-hmm. of our ward and our state. And I think, well, that is something that she wanted. She wanted a relationship. And I mean that like in a friendly kind right. of way, in a
0: positive way, like yeah.
1: in a positive way with the young men. It seemed like those were the, those were those who she could relate to and have fun with mm-hmm. were the young men. And I think if she hadn't been coming to young women's with us, she wouldn't have developed those relationships with anybody that's related to the church. And since I've been released, I told her, it doesn't matter to me if you come to church with us or not. If you decide that. This doesn't happen to be for you. It doesn't matter to me. What matters to me is that you have become part of our family mm-hmm. and we love you. And just knowing, just you knowing that this is a place for you, that there is a place for you here welcomed in our ward, in our church means more to me than if you had both of your parents coming To church with you, or whatever that is, whatever that would look like for you, that means more to me than it means more to me that you come, that you know that you're loved, yeah, and that you're welcomed with us.
0: Yeah, this is an interesting. You know, these stories you share is interesting because not only you know you articulated the principle well as far as you know, leaders shouldn't micromanage the relationship dynamic, but sometimes as a leader. You feel like the parent or grandparent, whoever is micromanaging you in order to micromanage their daughter so that they have a good experience and they're included. And I I want this to go really well for them. So make sure that happens. And you're stuck in a tough spot. right? And so you have to manage making sure you don't pass on that micromanaging. Right.
1: Exactly. And, and that, and I did, I did learn a great deal from that about the, with the grandma wanting me to have her granddaughter there. Yeah. I can do everything I can. I can invite everyone. I can have everyone. I cannot control their experience. Yeah. I cannot control what's going to be happening for them as much as I would love it. Yeah. I would love to have, I would love to have everybody come and have a fantastic time, but I know that's not going to happen. That's not even possible. Right. It's not possible that everyone's going to have a fantastic time. Yeah. At least half of them are going to have a mediocre time. At least half of them are going to be like, what am I even doing here? I don't know. <laughs> and, yeah. and and half of them are going to be like, I'm not even interested in that activity or whatever you have that's going on. Yeah. So, so yeah. So it is interesting trying to microman- I mean, trying to just be aware of those relationships and, and what the what her grandma really wanted was that she wanted her granddaughter to feel loved. Yeah. And ultimately that's what, that's what happened regardless of whether or not she comes to church every week, or if she goes to seminary or anything like that.
0: Yeah. So any principles come to mind that you would, you know, if you were sitting in front of a brand new young woman's president or advisor or somebody, and, and as far as managing and being aware of this relationship dynamic, what principles or tips would you give to them as, as far as stimulating that in a positive way?
1: stimulating that is
0: relationships, like positive relationships. Obviously, okay. part of that is letting go of control, letting but, go but of, is there anything you can do?
1: Yes. Letting go of control. And what I found is I really needed to know what the young women wanted. Hmm. That was really important that they, that I knew firsthand what they wanted because I had my own ideas as to how things could go or how they should go, but I really needed to know what they wanted. And One of the first things that I kept hearing over and over from the young women were that they did not get to do all the fun things that the boys got to do. The young men seemed to be doing all these awesome activities. How come the young women weren't able to do those? And for me, I thought, I've never even thought about this before. I've never even thought that, hey, how come the young men get to do something that the young women don't? It had that thought hadn't ever occurred to me. And in speaking with one of my friends who has, she grew up in the church and she no longer participates in church activity. She said that when she was a youth, that that was a really big deal for her, that she would see the young men going on super activities, boating, skiing, whatever. She would see them going on these things and she was really upset by it. She says she was so upset that one time she dressed up like a boy, stuffed her hair in a baseball cap and she's said she, I think she put a hoodie on or something. So she would look like a boy. And she, she stowed away in a van to go (laughs) with these boys. I think they, she said they were either skiing or they were boating. They were doing something like that. Some outdoorsy thing until someone recognized that she was there and they said, Oh no, we have to take you back. You're not allowed to go with us on this trip. And she said it was, it was really awful for her to not be allowed to do these Things that she saw the young men doing. So I kept hearing this over and over again from the young women telling me, we don't get to do the things that the young men get to do. So I had to listen to them to listen to what they wanted to do and then base our activities on that. So for example, my first year after I was the young women's president was our girls camp. And we have a bishop's day where the bishop usually has an activity that he takes the young women to go do A lot of times it's been bowling that they go do or go-kart racing. And sometimes they go to the temple that's close by. And I was talking with my husband, telling him about how the young women always want to do what the boys are doing, what the young men are doing. And he said, well, why don't you take them target shooting? I said, that is an amazing idea. They would, (laughs) they would love that. And so I, I, talked to the Bishop about my idea. And he said, you know, I'm not a gun guy. I said, I do know this, but I know that there are plenty of, plenty of men that are in this ward that are, that are very good at guns, whatever you call it. They're not guns. They're good at shooting uh They're whatever they're riflemen. They're they're riflemen. Yes. (laughs) Yes. They are riflemen that they know what they're doing. (laughs) I said, we can, we have these these people that can help us. There's a woman in our ward that is inactive, that she's an FBI agent. Why doesn't she come and teach the young women how to handle a gun? So we did, we did all of that. We had the safest target shooting lineup ever. We had I mean, the ear protection, the eye protection, yeah. everything. We It was everything. Yeah. We were. I was making sure that no one was getting hurt. We were just going to be having fun and doing and practicing target shooting. And the girls loved it. They loved that they got to do that with their leaders, with their bishop there, who wasn't a gun guy, who didn't, it wasn't his thing. He was, he was struggling just like the rest of them with trying to (laughs) shoot the target. Yeah, I just thought this is, I'm just, I'm listening to what they want. And it's important that I know what they want. I can't know. I can't know what they want if I don't ask them. And another thing, another principle that's coming to mind is one that I had my last year when I was the Young Women's President at Girls Camp. When I was preparing to go to Girls Camp, I was thinking about some goals that I had for myself with the young women. And one of the goals that I had was that I was going to connect with them more. Like I was going to connect with them as a group and each one of them as much as I could. So I went up there with that idea and as we were at camp, there was our free time where the girls got to go do whatever and the leaders were kind of congregating under the ramada and talking about things, maybe commiserating, who knows what they were doing. (laughs) And I started walking over to the leader section and the thought popped in my mind, if you want to connect with the girls, you need to be where they are. So I turned around and I went to where they were, which was a swing set a merry-go-round swing set which you had to get a running start and then it, all the swings went around and there was <laughs> rust it was like a tetanus shot like <laughs> a tetanus shot and a broken arm yeah, and I yeah. was like
0: <laughs> just waiting to happen just right?
1: waiting to happen who was it going to be who was going to be who was this going to happen to but I thought I'm going to go where they are and I walked over there they said we were hoping that you would come over And they got me on the swing set and I thought my life is over. Like I'm, I'm going to die. Something's going to happen here, but it was, it was fun. And then the next day we were, our group was planning on going to the lake. So we went to the lake and I thought, well, I'm going to take my beach chair there and I'm going to go sit on the dock and I'm going to watch them while they're all playing in the lake because I don't have plans on getting wet. But I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll take my swimsuit just in case. So, and I changed into my swimsuit right after we had gotten there and I took my camp chair down and I sat down on the dock and I could hear all the girls screaming in the lake and they were having a good time as girls screaming implies. <laughs> and I, I sat down and as the second I sat down, I thought, if you want to connect with the girls, you need to be where they are. So I stood right back up. And I grabbed my, one of the other camp leaders that was with me and I grabbed her hand. I said, get down to your bathing suit because we're jumping in. And she's like, what? She was a good sport. And she said, okay. And she's got down to her bathing suit. And there was another young woman that was on the platform that said, well, I kind of wanted to go in. So if you are going in, then I'll go in too. So we each grabbed one of her hands and we jumped off of the, off of the pier and we got in the water and we understood why the girls were all screaming because there's all this dry brush underneath that was like grabbing at our legs. (laughs) Yeah. So (laughs) it was an interesting experience, but I just thought I just kept thinking if you want to connect with them, you need to be where they are. I love that. Yeah. They like that.
0: Yeah. And it's because it's easy to sort of assume the position of, you know, I'm sort of just the, uh, the, the babysitter mm-hmm. here, right? I yeah. just want to make sure nobody gets hurt, or if right. someone does get hurt. I've got my phone here. I yeah. can call the authorities or call the, an ambulance or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. But to really make that intentional step of no, I'm actually going to be with them yeah. and be present. I'm with going them, to be right?
1: physically with you. I'm going to be. I'm going to be physically with you, and I'm going to be intentionally interested yeah. in what is important to you. And it's not always something that makes sense to me. Like I don't understand everything that. They are interested in, but if they know that I have an interest in them, mm-hmm. no, they can tell me whatever they want, and I'm genuinely interested in what they have to say.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that, and it, and it connects with the the first principle you says, as far as just knowing uh, what do they what do they want, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And and I, I love this again. We're talking more broadly about uh, stimulating healthy relationships in right. in, a, in a group because if you are doing these things, if you are providing an experience of something that they actually want to participate in, right. then they're going to naturally want to come and naturally those relationships will form, right? right. Cause they're, yeah. Engaged
1: yeah, they're engaged. Yeah. They're engaged. Yeah. And it's different for everyone. And knowing that I can't, that I'm not going to be able to appeal to everyone, yeah. but I do had, I did have an expectation that they tell me what they wanted. Hmm. I said, I can, I can assume what you want. And I promise you that if you tell me, what you want, we can make it happen. Yeah.
0: I mean, so how do you handle it? Cause I know there's many young women's leaders or any youth leader listening saying like, oh yeah, I've asked them what they want. And they just sort of shrug their shoulders and say, I don't know, like whatever, or like, how do you yeah. actually discover that? So you have that? to
1: get interested. You really have to get interested in what they want and not from a, like a blunt, like, Hey, what do you want? Yeah, Like they don't know what they want, but you have to listen in. You have to listen intently in conversations. You have to listen in when you're having your Sunday lessons. What are they talking about? What are they keep bringing up when you have discussions together? We go in the card places and the conversation will turn to whatever they're talking about. They're talking with their friends in the back and you'll hear, you'll be able to catch in on some things that they're saying. So you have to, you just have to be aware that they're always giving you clues. They're just not going to tell you straightforward. This is what I want to do.
0: Yeah. I like that. Just that being intentional with just the, the casual conversations that happen maybe on, as you ride to the next activity or a few minutes before class and, and sort of engaging in that conversation. Right. And don't feel like, Oh, we got to, you know, quiet down. We got to get to the lesson, but saying, you know, tell me about that school dance last night or tell me about that whatever you're talking about. Exactly.
1: Right? Yeah. Just yeah. opening up any kind of dialogue that you can whenever, whenever it happens yeah. and knowing that, that that, that, relationship that you're developing is what's going to get you to the next level. You can stop your lesson. You can stop whatever activity you had planned for someone that, Hey, I've got this, I've got this thing I want to share with you. Well, that's, that's more important to me that you want to share something with me right now that to me is gold that I, that you have that kind of trust with me, that you will share something yeah. like that with me.
0: Yeah. And I would guess that there's sort of this balance where you have to, you know, you don't want to just be the, the cool fun leader that lets <laughs> them do whatever they want. They, I mean, there's gotta be some yes. respect on the other way there, yeah. but oftentimes I see that. I mean, I remember some of my youth leaders, it sort of felt like he's just the disciplinarian. Like uh, he, he get when he's mad, just don't get him in yeah angry, you know, and and follow the rules and stay, stay in the lines and so forth. And so there's a balance there, There right? There
1: is definitely a balance. Yeah, Yeah, definitely a balance that you have to have, you know, and I, I like to think of myself as when I was the young woman's president and even now in the stake young woman's presidency that I like I like to be the fun, like we're going to have some fun. If Mm -hmm. we're going, when we're doing things, we're going to have some fun. In fact, I, I just told all of the, the, Young women's presidents, I said, I believe that every activity that you have needs to start with a game. You need to have some kind of team building game, team bonding game. Every time we need to have some games. And if you think that these girls don't want it or that they are, they will think it's silly, that's not true. They all, they love playing games, whatever kind of games it is. I have hula hoops and bandanas and all (laughs) sorts of props like whatever Re- like refer to pinterest there's yes. plenty of ideas right refer to pinterest yes there's plenty <laughs> of ideas there but we're going to have a game we're going to start we're going to do some kind of team bonding to get everyone kind of talking with each other so in playing all of the games and I love having all of the fun it was so important for me to have them understand their spirituality mm-hmm. and understand their connection that they have with their heavenly father with Jesus Christ with the holy ghost the connection that they have with the temple, how important it is that they get to the temple as frequently as they can, and how they're constantly learning about all of that. So it's a balance that is different for everyone. We're all going to have a different balance or bring our different strengths or things that we can all work on that we can do to improve, but, and we all have our, our roles. I know that Definitely my counselors helped me tremendously in every aspect that I need. I I don't think I could have done quite the job that I did without them but it is important to manage yeah. all
0: those roles. And I think it's just like not being afraid one. you're just, I think the overall principle is you're not afraid to get real with them. One, you're not afraid to be the fun person and, yeah. and show that part of your personality. You're yeah. not afraid to be spiritual with them. Yeah. Or there's maybe times you're not afraid to just be real and straightforward with them and yeah. say not appropriate or that's not what we're doing right. or whatever it is. Right? right. And you build that respect and trust.
1: Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they knew that. And there were times when I, When I totally messed up and I would, I would tell them, I seriously messed this one up. Mm -hmm. Do I dare share a story? (laughs) I'm going to share a story. You may want to.
0: We can always edit it. You may
1: want to edit it (laughs) just for my own sake. So after I was the young woman's president, there was a brief period of time where I was called as the high adventure leader for the young women. It's a made up calling. My okay. bishop made it up. Because Sounds cool. Yeah. He wanted us, he wanted the young woman to go to hike the Grand Canyon again. We'd already done it one time. He wanted them to hike it again. So he wanted to keep me in some kind of a fashion. Yeah. In the meantime, I had set up for our young women to go. Actually, I had set up for our youth to do a triathlon in Pima, Arizona, which is about three hours away. It's run by a Dake maybe that's in Pima that's in scouting. It's such a well-run triathlon that's yeah. in Pima. We're doing it again this year. So we, I had nine girls that were going with us that morning. We had set to go at, our original time was to go at 11 o'clock. And then a couple of days before I had to change the time to 9.30 because we wanted to go to the Gila Valley Temple to do some baptisms. I got on all the confirmations from the parents that their were, children were going to be there at 930. 930 comes around. Everybody's there. Let's go. Let's get in the cars. We're going. We're driving because we got to get to the temple on time. About halfway there, I got a text from one of the moms saying, so are we still meeting at 11 o'clock? Oh, no. <laughs> ah. <laughs> yeah, i had left her daughter. And not only had I left her daughter, her daughter is the most forgiving, kindest person ever. So I told myself, I said, okay, I am going to feel all this guilt and shame for at least another hour and a half. And I am going to, I'm just going to like feel it because I feel terrible right now. Uh-huh. And I got that. We got to the va- the temple and I told the young woman what had happened and they did not let me forget that whole weekend. <laughs> that I had forgotten someone. And they would, we would gather together. We would say, okay, is everyone here? And they would say, well, except for so-and-so. I'm like, (laughs) I know. Well played. Yes. Yes. Please keep bringing that up. I, you know, and this young woman, she was so kind about it. I went and saw her the next, when we were in church the next day, she came and she patted me on the back. She's like, it's okay. It happens to the best of us. I'm like, no, I want you to get really, really mad at me right yeah. now. I want you to tell me how terrible I am. I want you to say, you can't yeah. believe that I would leave you. I want you to say all of that. So we all mess up. We all have these. Yeah.
0: And you just own it and, and you just uh, own
1: on, it right? and just, okay. And now, and now what? Like, yeah. I still, I feel terrible, but yeah, we're going to keep moving. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. So I want to uh, sort of shift gears a little bit here. I think you've built a good foundation for this next discussion as far as with the new youth program yes. with this, you know, we've all seen the quadrant, and I think it's yeah. haunting uh, many youth leaders yes, right now is. and their dreams are thinking, oh, what do I do with this quadrant? You know, yes. Are they really going to do it? And there's been some discussion online in our helpers group and the leading saints helpers group on, on Facebook, one individual brought up like, okay, like I, I get the program. It mm-hmm. looks great. But I mean, really, like, how are we really going to get the youth to set goals and actually go through the motions of doing this without, without it just being like another, you know, uh, just like we were with, you know, I think with young men's with Eagle Scouts, like, okay, what merit badges do you need? Okay, let's do that. Right. It just becomes this like soulless process. Yeah.
1: Where you're on their case all the time. Like, have you gotten your goals done? What, what are your goals for the physical part? Yeah. What's your physical goal for this year? You've got to come up with two. We're going to be in January. Have you thought of your two goals for for the physical part? What about intellectual and social and spiritual? like you've got to get on this. Yeah. I can see like the franticness that <laughs> leaders are you know feeling like we've got to do this. We have to figure this out, which is amazing that we don't have to figure this out. yeah, that we are we're developing this where we've all been given this instruction as to how we can lead our children and how we can lead our youth through this process. And it's all based on the the scripture, Luke 2, 52.
0: I, I think so. That sounds, sounds right.
1: <laughs> so it's all based on that. And and as I think about all of those goals that we are asking our youth to do, they're already thinking about how they can improve mm-hmm. in them themselves, in their lives. So it's not coming as a shock to any of them that they want to grow physically or spiritually or socially or intellectually. That's not anything that's out of their wheelhouse right now. Right. They are already fully in that. And teaching them to set goals is easy because we can all set a goal. I can set a goal to hike Mount, Mount Everest. (laughs) I can, I can set a goal to hike Mount Everest. Uh Now, is that possible? Well, that's probably way out of my realm. You know, I don't even have a desire to do that. I can set that goal for myself, but is that really something that is achievable for me? So setting goals is easy for our youth to do but being realistic in setting those goals in their time of their life and what the end goal is for all of these goals yeah. for them.
0: Yeah. And and I love the, the part you say that we have to, we don't have to figure this out. And that, yeah. I think that's the dynamics going to be the most difficult is that there is not a, a, a progress chart, right? There's, there's not, there's not
1: a progress chart. And, no.
0: And we just have to, but we're, I think we're just so used to being oh, so involved yeah. and getting to them yeah. to the next stepping stone. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, it's almost just this meditation process we need to go through to like really,
1: go. It really has been. And what I have, what I have kind of landed on right now for myself, when I'm thinking about how I'm going to teach the young women that are in our stake or young women that, that I coach that happen to be members of the church as well is when I think about this, I think this is perfect for them because it's what they want and it is developing a relationship with Christ. So if I can put it in the, if I can put it in a perspective of everything that you're doing is helping you to believe that you are the savior's sister and that you have the capacity to set goals, to become more like him. If you think about it like that, how would, what kind of goals do you need to set with the end goal being that you're becoming more like the savior in whatever area that is physical, intellectual, social, or spiritual, you're becoming more like the savior. And even a step back from in order for them to think that they, to set these goals, that they're becoming like the savior, they have to believe that they are Mm. an actual sister of the savior and that they have that same DNA, that same spiritual physical DNA that they have the capacity to even become like him. So I think, and it's so amazing that it's so different for each one of them there will still be comparison. There will still be competitiveness because I don't know how we get rid of all of that altogether. If we can figure that out, well, if we can figure (laughs) that out, I might not be so happy because I'm I happen to be a little bit competitive and I enjoy (laughs) that. Enjoy that. So, so, you know, so just getting them thinking I am, I am becoming like the savior from where I am, wherever that is, is my starting place and I can progress. It's different for everyone. Everyone's going to have a different starting place. People are going to have a one starting place and move forward and then make two steps back. They can set a new goal to go that much further. So it's difficult to get rid of the checklists. Yeah, yeah. I love a good checklist. It's like a warm blanket. You it know? is <laughs> like a warm, like give me, give me a set of rules and I am, I'm happy because I can like, Oh, I can see that rule. Yep. I got that. I got that. But this isn't a time for rules. I mean, we we're maturing as a church. We are becoming more spiritually mature and this is what our youth need right now from us as leaders to let them lead.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And And I love these principles you mentioned earlier, just as far as relationships of, you know, if you don't know what to do with this quadrant, with helping with their goals, go back to the, some of these basics that you talked about, you know, figuring out what is it they want mm-hmm, to do yeah. and then going to where that is and being yeah. present. You know, there may be someone, a girl that wants to learn how to ride a horse. I don't yeah. know. And so it's like, I guess we're going to go to the horse rink or right. whatever they call it. Right. And
1: right. and be there and yeah. figure that out. Yeah. Right? And we'll figure that out.
0: And it really is a shift from being that the youth leader to being a mentor. Right. Yeah. And oh. these things get you that to that point. Yeah.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So another story that I had after the first time that we went to the triathlon, we had hiked the Grand Canyon in January, and then we did the triathlon in April. As we're driving back from the triathlon, I'm probably like sitting in the van, relishing like all the good things that I have done for these young women. (laughs) And I hear a voice from the back saying, Sister Partridge, the next activity that we do, could it not be anything physical? And I'm like, well yeah. What well, what did you have in mind? And she said, "I don't know, like a cross stitch challenge or an embroidery challenge." <laughs> and I thought, "Well, okay." And I didn't even know that you guys would like doing something like that. And my second counselor that was driving, she said, "I have a about 25 I am a child of God embroidery patterns that my grandma got back from Mormon handicraft like 30 years ago that she'd been hanging on to. Mm -hmm. She said, we could do that. And I thought that is brilliant. Having the young women do something that they wanted, that they asked for an embroidery challenge, which I would never have come up with and have them embroider. I am a child of God. And like, that is just, that's magic. (laughs) I cannot make that up where, They're each doing that on their own. And I said, it doesn't matter if you, if you spend like one day learning this and you put it aside and say, you know what? That was enough for me. That's all I needed to do. Or if you finish it completely and you display it, that is what you needed in that time. And you using your hands to embroider, I am a child of God. And you thinking that in your head over and over and over again. That is, that's magic. That yes. is just like, that is the kind of experience that I want them to have that I am willing to invest whatever time, resources that I need to get them what they want.
0: Yeah. And I love just that quick moment you mentioned that sometimes we get so involved in these activities oh, that. Yeah. We have to take a step back and this, this girl oh, yeah. helped you do that. Right. And just say like, okay, enough yes. with the physical stuff or yes. enough with the spiritual stuff sometimes. Oh, yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. You know,
0: it's like, do we need another testimony meeting or right. And there's just, and so it's important to, as a leader, as a presidency or whatever, to, to step back yeah. and say, okay, let's regroup. Yeah. Imagine nothing happened at yeah. this point and, and where do we go from here? Exactly.
1: Right? And it was, it was all great. What we've done has been great and it has worked, but it's not going to work for us. Like For the next activity, which is totally, that's fine because in the end, it doesn't really matter what happens. Mm -hmm. What really matters is the relationships Mm -hmm. and what's happening with the girls amongst themselves, the relationship that they have with themselves and the relationship that they have with our heavenly father. That is, that is what matters. Ultimately, these are just little vehicles that we have to maybe kind of get us there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, as we wrap up here, what have we not any principle or topic that we haven't hit on that, uh, you were hoping that we'd cover or do we cover it all? Did
1: you want to talk about the grand Canyon?
0: (laughs) Well, you you mentioned it a little bit, right? I know.
1: I want to tell you what the girls learned.
0: Maybe this would be a great way to kind of wrap up and end. Yeah. um, Yeah. Awesome story. Awesome
1: story that there's still a little bit, there's a discrepancy as to whose idea this was. (laughs) You you want credit,
0: is that what you're saying? (laughs) No, I
1: don't want credit. I want the credit to lie where it should be, which is with the bishop who said to me in our first PPI, when he was newly called as a bishop, he said, I want to take the grand, excuse me, I want to take the young women on a hike to the Grand Canyon. And I knew the kind of hike that he was talking about because my husband had done that hike with him. I had done the same hike several times, but I knew the hike that he wanted to take them the young women on was down into the grand Canyon, which is a seven mile hike down. And then up is a 10 mile hike. It's very, very strenuous. Mm. And I knew, so I knew the kind of hike that he was talking about taking the girls on. So when he said this to me, I said, yeah, of course we can do that. Of course I, I can get the girls ready for this. So, and there's a lot of preparation that goes into this. It's not a hike that you can just say, Oh, that sounds like a fun idea. Let's yeah. take, yeah. let's take 12 girls and we'll go hike into the Grand Canyon. No, it does not. There's some
0: conditioning There's required. There's right? a
1: lot of conditioning. Each one of the girls had to qualify to be able to hike into the Grand Canyon because I want it to be a safe experience yeah. for them. Yeah. I want them to push themselves and to know that they can do hard things, but I don't want to have anybody in there that... Yeah cannot get out either physically or mentally or whatever they need to be able to handle this kind of endurance activity. So we did all of the preparation. We did preparation hikes beforehand. They had to watch a few videos that I had put together for them as to what to pack, what kind of food to bring, how much food to bring, how much water to bring, how they should, the kind of footwear they should wear, hiking poles, every little detail that I could think of that I have learned they needed to acknowledge that they knew that. And then they had to show me what they were packing in their backpacks, so that I knew that it was actually appropriate. And I would tell them you're going to come out of the grand Canyon, a different person than you went in mm. because it's an experience that you have to rely on yourself to do a hard thing. You will also be developing relationships inside the Grand Canyon with your peers that you're with, that I can't give you that opportunity to develop that level of a relationship anywhere else. Like that is some serious relying on each other, helping each other out that I can't, I can't make that up anywhere else. You'll also be able to have other people along the trail that you don't know that will either need your help or that will help you. So you'll be learning how I'm having this really hard time, but I still have something in me where I can help someone else, or I'm having this really hard time. This person said something or they gave me something and that helped me make it that last mile and a half, which is the worst, no matter if you've done (laughs) it. (laughs) <laughs> 20 times, or if you've done, it, if it's your first time, that last mile and a half, it seems like they tripled it or something. I don't know. It's a crazy, it's a crazy thing. So the feedback that I get from the young women is how much they ha- do learn about themselves, that they got to do this hard thing, which is so physically, mentally, spiritually hard. They've got to do it and they did it. Is amazing that they get to learn this for themselves. And I tell them, some of you will want to come back and do this again. Some of you will say, I did it once and that's enough for me. And one of the young women that the first time that we did it, we got out to the top and she said, this is the best thing that we've ever done in young women's.
0: I mean, what more do you want to hear as a youth leader? There
1: wasn't, <laughs> I mean, that was like, I, like, I'm out like that. Yeah. I'm so happy that this was it for you. Like, I am so grateful for that. So, and each one of these young women, they got to learn something about themselves, and they got to do this hard thing that they can say, they can tell other people, "I did this on my own." And so many other people, they're like, "Wow, that's that's really amazing that you could do that." So just seeing how they can help each other and they can lead each other and teach each other through this.
0: I love that. What a yeah. great story. Fantastic yeah. activity.
1: It's we're doing it again. Since, cool. since I'm in the stake young woman's presidency, we're doing it in the fall and that's awesome. like until everyone that's what that's had a chance that, you know, that everyone yeah. wants it, wants to do it, has a chance to do it. We're doing it.
0: Yeah. And going back to sort of the, the general topic we've been addressing as far as building relationships, mm-hmm. um, I think another principle add to that list is really doing something that's hard, right, oh yeah, and obviously you don't want to make it super unsafe or anything, oh, but yeah, but with preparation and when they summit that last hill, oh. <laughs> you know, I mean it is so unifying, and that relationship just
1: bonds it it is just it bonds them together, it's an experience that they'll never forget, it is. I mean, those relationships that they develop are just incredible. I took one of my nieces with us. She's gone both times. The first time that she went, she had to help one of my young women get out of the Grand Canyon, give her kind of some emotional support. You remember, mm-hmm. you can you can yeah. do this, you can do this, just kind of helping her along the way. And they, they talk about the, the friendship, the bond that they have with each other. They never knew each other before, and they... I don't know if they'll ever see each other again but they have that connection with each other for from doing that hard thing and there's so many analogies that we can have with this like life is going to be like this yeah. it's going to be it's going to be hard maybe even the last mile and a half is going to be hard who knows when that's going to come to you but there will be people along the way that will help you there will be people along the way that need your help you'll develop amazing relationships with people, you can prepare yourself for these hard things and you can do it. You can get through hard things. Yeah.
0: And even if they, you know, go on and graduate and move off in different directions and never see each other again, there's sort of this bonding that happens with their gospel experience, oh, yeah. right? That, that oh. carries them through that they, that doesn't move away, right? right. That They can take with them right. onto the next phase of life.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, Kim, this has been a fantastic discussion, so good. many principles, and I think uh, I'm excited to share it because, uh, there's the young women topic and, uh, tag on my website it has not been as full as it should be. So oh, we're going to add to it. Let's with, with fill this, it up. Right.
1: I have all so. sorts of ideas for you. Oh,
0: Good. Well, send them my way and we'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah. But the last question I have for you is as you had opportunity to be a leader in, uh, especially with the, the young women, how has that made you a better follower of Jesus Christ?
1: I have developed my relationship with my savior in a much deeper way than I ever knew possible. I know that he knows me, which I find with my mortal mind to be like, I cannot understand how he knows me and he knows everyone else and what everyone else needs. So I have developed that relationship with him that it has is a treasure to me and is something that I want to share with other people that I love, other people that I serve. I want them to know that they can have that same relationship with their Savior and that it's possible for all of us.
0: That concludes my interview with Kim Partridge. Uh, So grateful for her and her perspective and thoughts and and the stories, even the vulnerable ones of her leaving a youth behind. That was a fun one. And I'm sure we can fill a whole podcast full of uh, (laughs) nightmare stories that uh, many youth leaders have have done in the past. But I hope you take this to heart as far as relationships and uh, this dynamic that's going on. It's nothing that you can control, but also it's nothing that you can ignore we have to be aware of the relationships happening in these youth groups and hopefully doing our best to stimulate positive relationships without micromanaging positive relationships. And that concludes this throwback episode of the Leading Saints podcast. We'd love to hear from you about your questions or thoughts or comments. You can either leave a comment on the uh, post related to this episode at leadingsaints.org or go to leadingsaints.org contact and send us your perspective or questions. If there's other episodes or topics you'd like to hear on the Leading Saints podcast, go to leadingsaints.org slash contact and share with us the information there. And we would love for you to share this with any individual you think this would apply to, especially maybe individuals in your ward council or other leaders that you may know who would really appreciate the perspectives that we discussed. And remember, go to leadingsaints.org slash 14 to access our full Young Saints virtual library.